Hello, welcome to the Armchair Managers episode 2. I'm Ross Evans, this is my co-host Dan Newton. Yep, that's me, here again. And as always, it's going to be two blokes who don't really know that much about football, trying to explain the beautiful game. So like most football podcasts. Yeah, just with lower production value. Yeah, just of us. <laughs> this week, we're going to be talking about the players' winter break, first season in the Premier League, what do we think of it, thoughts, opinions, will it boost the Premier League or is it just a bit of a pain then we'll be breaking down some early summer transfer rumours and a confirmed transfer already and we'll also be looking at fight for fourth place realistically who do we think is going to clinch that final Champions League spot who's going to miss out just finally some predictions for the weekend's game let's get into it right Dan so first things first winter break What's your thoughts? Players winter break. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't mind it. I think most countries, they are nowadays doing it. Like I know Germany does it, in, but I think they just have a proper week off, don't they? Like, yeah. They, like the way the Premier League's done it is a bit different. They've sort of split the fixtures in half, haven't they? Yeah, it's um, one game week seems to be split over two weekends and Monday and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, but personally for me, I don't mind too much because I think, you know the players they play so much football nowadays especially you look at the yeah. top teams like Champions League stuff as well and all the cups are involved in like it doesn't annoy me at all because it's just mm. a week like there's still some football to watch and even yeah. if there wasn't you can go watch a team in the football league or yeah. I'm sure there's something on internationally yeah um, do you think it's a shame that the players break doesn't seem to have extended through to the championship um, league one league two because I feel like those players that they have what eight more games in the league plus the cup competitions perhaps would they need the break and not being given the same privileges um, possibly I, I definitely I wouldn't I wouldn't be against it moving down into the EFL I think the thing with the EFL is because they also play so much football the question is when do you get the fixtures played and all stuff like that hmm. especially in the lower leagues where pitches aren't as good because they can play tw- sometimes twice a week on their Tuesdays yeah, yeah. Saturdays so if you take a whole around the fixes out of it like where do you put them back in yeah and especially with a lot of games being cancelled with bad pitches right? yeah, and I, I don't think this year it's been too bad yeah but in previous years especially when yeah. like the weather at the moment with storms coming in yeah that like, can really affect I pitches. wouldn't be surprised if a lot of games get called off tomorrow with yeah. the wind as it is I know we saw Man City West Ham got called off as well yeah and last weekend that was good. Storm Kira whatever it's Kiara, called yeah. Kira. what I know is it made my train about 8 hours later so <laughs> wonderful <laughs> Oh, um, do you think the standard of football over this player break is going to be the same level? Obviously, we expect the top level from the Premier League, the top players in the world. Do you think it could dip? There might be a couple of players who are thinking, oh, get this game out of the way, get you know, got a bit of time off, get a week off, we're not playing next week, so go yeah. out Yeah, and possibly. got a week off. Definitely, you know, I think that comes down to the individual players. Yeah. I think there's definitely going to be some players that are like that who maybe, like, sort of like when it's at the end of the season, you don't really have anything to play for. It's kind of like, yeah, let's get all on our holidays now. Yeah. But I think, I mean, actually, this year as well, with Liverpool being like runaway title winners, we expect, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. Speaking of Liverpool, we saw with the player break that Klopp and the Liverpool first team, none of them in the FA Cup. Klopp didn't turn up. It was effectively Liverpool's under-23s played in place of Liverpool. Um, what do you think about that? 
with Klopp sticking yeah. to his guns. Um, I, I honestly, I kind of agreed with Klopp, to be honest. I think if you're going to do a break, you should do it properly. And I know there's a whole thing with the Premier League and FA, a sort of different organisations, so that's why it got scheduled there. Yeah. But, you know, I think he was personally right to go, no, we're supposed to be on a break. Maybe he was doing it just to make a point. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was always going to be mostly Liverpool under-23s anyway. Yeah. So it's not like they were playing Man City or someone yeah. like that in the FA Cup. And I think if they were, they might have, he might have turned up for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, James Milner turned up support um, support the under-23s, mm-hmm. uh, which is great to see. But um, didn't, didn't play, though, did he? Didn't play, no. He was just there to watch. Just to watch, encourage, support. Which... Yeah. You like to see it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if there's any player you expect of, is Milner. He's a yeah, you know, he's a top level professional football through and through. Yeah, um, but sort of the FA punished Liverpool by not allowing the game to be broadcast on any platform at all. Yeah. So it's a case of if you're at Anfield, you're the only person who sees the game. Yeah. And they also was it a fine or was it because of TV um, rights that Shrewsbury missed out. Yeah, well, estimated half a million pound. Yeah, I think the Shrewsbury manager was saying that because we lay lost out on TV rights and because the tickets are a lot cheaper for that kind yeah. of game. I think they were like ten pound a ticket or so, which is crazy for like a Premier League. Yeah, um, to go to, to you know, to go to Anfield. To go to ten, Anfield, yeah, ten pounds. That's, that's good. Really good value. Cost me the same to go watch Southwood the other week. Yeah, which yeah, it is not Anfield. Let me tell you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think that. Uh, they did mess out on some money, but I think yeah. that's just part and parcel. Like Liverpool have no kind of obligation to play their first yeah. team or charge high prices. Is that sort of kind of shows a bit of poor foresight, poor management on behalf of the FA, really, doesn't it? Because it's if you're gonna a size of a, a club the size of Liverpool, it's not really gonna miss that much money. It still gets its rights from Premier League. Yeah. Te- TV, but for a team like Shrewsbury, as we know that particularly over the winter period, lower league teams can struggle financially because they don't have the financial power of, your, you know, your top Premier League teams, and particularly Liverpool. You know, the what probably one of the financially most powerful clubs in the world. Are, do you think that maybe should, Liverpool should have, as a club, maybe said to Shrewsbury? Here's some compensation for the money you lose um, out on. Possibly, because you are right. It only hurts Shrewsbury, really. Yeah. And they're not broadcasting the game on BT or BBC or whatever it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, they've the team that's lost out on Liverpool, like you said, aren't affected. But um, again, I think it just comes down to the club. It would have been great if Liverpool did do that. Yeah. But like I said, they don't have an obligation to. So yeah. I think it's one of the things that would be very nice. But yeah. It wasn't the football m- doesn't work that no, way. No, unfortunately. It's not a nice sport. <laughs> no, it's not. It's becoming more more and more like a business isn't it yeah especially at the top level um how, speaking of that cup performance how what do you think did you man, manage to watch any of um it i watched some of it yeah the highlights? Well, i know i said it wasn't um available on tv but i, I did find a stream on twitter um okay I, I don't know who was actually broadcasting it okay so it's pretty good quality to be fair broadcast somewhere yeah some random international thing but further evidence of the fa's incompetence yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, w- I watched some of it and I thought that, you know Liverpool played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, for all accounts, I know they won through an own goal, which is a bit of a comical yes. own goal, to be honest. Shrewsbury also having a goal disallowed through VAR. Yeah, I think it was right through the cell, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, offside, it, it, wasn't it? it wasn't one of the. It wasn't like an armpit offside. It was 
probably a yard or two offside from what I remember. But yeah, um, obviously um, the game's a little bit in the past now. So yeah, yeah. Well, I think we go back to the original game they played. Shrewsbury got a penalty that I think mm. was outside the box. Yeah, I think if we had gone to VAR, um, it would have been a free kick. Yeah, and maybe they wouldn't have drawn the game and it would have gone mm. to the replay. So it's interesting how, like VAR only came comes into the Premier League. Yeah, uh, ground, which I think is a bit yeah. weird, but. There's some promising young players on that Liverpool side. Yeah, yeah. Harvey yeah. Elliott, Curtis Jones, Neko Williams, all look yeah. good. I was really impressed with uh, Williams. Is, he's the right back, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, I thought he was really good. I think, honestly, yeah. if it wasn't for uh, Alexander-Arnold being like one of the best right backs in the world right now, yeah, I would have thought he would be like their backup. Yeah, I mean, certainly hasn't been properly tested at Premier League level. No, yet. no, definitely not. But, but I think going forward... I, and I mean, like, going forward, attacking, not yeah. going into the future. Um, he could be, you know, on the bench of Liverpool, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he hasn't been properly tested, but yeah. he looked good. And Harvey Elliott, for a 16-year-old, looks yeah. incredibly confident. Yeah. He doesn't seem phased by much. Now, I saw his, his goal for the end-23s against Wolves um, a week yeah. or so later. He's got a bicycle kick from a corner. Yeah. He's definitely got the talent. Yeah. I mean, well, you and he's definitely confident, but I guess you've got to be confident to step onto a football pitch with that haircut yeah, though, yeah definitely that. maybe someone should have a word with him about that top, yeah top <laughs> marks for the talent not so much for the hairstyles no it's one of those definitely a footballer's haircut yes yeah <laughs> only a footballer could pull that one off yeah um, but do you think it's something that the FA will stick with this winter break um, I suspect so I yeah. think I know I never talk about Liverpool a lot but I know Jürgen Klopp has called for it yeah. Pretty much since he became Liverpool manager. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if they do go back on it. Mm. And to be honest, I expect maybe next year they might just do a full just no yeah. Premier League on this week. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's be interesting to see. I think it maybe not spreading it over two yeah, weeks I, with I don't yeah, really like the spreading it personally. No. It's just kind of I just, I just don't but like it. Is that because <laughs> is that because as fans we're used to having eight to ten games on the weekend yeah just being able to sit down and if you want to dedicate the, the whole 12 till 6 or yeah. 12 till 8 to just watching football I'd rather they be like no, no Premier League this week yeah. here's other fixtures on tally or yeah. go watch someone else although you see that with the FA Cup when it's FA Cup weekends and everyone seems to go Oof. yeah yeah I mean it's hard to say because obviously I support a football league team as well yeah so I, I don't watch Premier League all the time yeah, only when it's on telly, which is it all, which is all, it the, all time. the time. <laughs> um, but no, like, it is what it is. Yeah. Speaking of another change in the Premier League, the summer transfer window, the deadline is being reverted back to the old end of September deadline. Now. Yeah, so it's going to be in line with everyone else in Europe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the decision by the prem, it was by the Premier League clubs was. Yeah, we're happy to not back our transfer deadline till middle of September, sort of start of the season. Of course, it doesn't seem to be considered that, oh, other leagues can still poach our players if they want to. Yeah, it was a, it was a very, I think, stupid decision. She basically yes. goes, well, you know, we're not going to sign any more players, but do you want to come buy all ours? Yeah. And we can do nothing about it? Yeah. Go ahead. Like, it's bizarre. I mean, obviously, the... the the clubs could demand a premium for a player if they want it to be bought after the end of the window. Yeah, of course, but yeah, you just you shouldn't have to do that to put yourself in that position. You yeah, know, it should just be 
you know, you're on an even playing field. Yeah. You all know when the deadline is. You all work towards that. Yeah, and it's it was certainly after, I think, Man City, Pep Guardiola, maybe became a bit more vocal of this isn't such a good idea. Um, one sort of a, maybe a couple months into the season, there's maybe an idea that had he had that extra couple of weeks, he could have signed that... You know, another centre-half that could have filled the whole left-by company. Yeah, um, possibly, possibly. You know, do looking at the way Manchester City have played, we've discussed before that they probably they needed another centre-back, really, and they, yeah. didn't, they didn't get one. Obviously, Maguire chose to go to United over City. Mm-hmm. Um, they were linked to Koulibaly, but never... Never materialised. Never materialised, just a little, you know, rumour rumbling. So... Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I, I think they've got bigger issues than just one player would have made the difference. I think mm. that came down more to poor planning in general. It certainly would have helped, though. They had that extra, yeah, certainly, but I think extra player in. They, it would have helped, but I think they yeah. that can't be an excuse for them. I think yeah. they had enough time anyway to go and get someone. Yeah. I don't think that was what stopped the signing someone. Do you think, though, if they'd had that extra couple of weeks and had been I mean, able to bring in that centre half, would there, maybe we've seen a couple of games where they've lost or they've not been able to protect a lead and come away with a draw, those games might have yeah. changed. No, definitely. It, w- it would have had an impact. But yeah. I, I think, you know, they've only got themselves to blame. I don't think that's a, a good yeah. excuse. Um, yeah. I mean, the argument make is, because now it would end sort of one or two games into the season, wouldn't it? Or close. Yes, it yeah. would. With about two games, yeah. two to three games into the season. So, yeah. so what could happen is you could end up playing your first game and one of your players mm. breaks their legs. You go, oh, shit, you know, we've yeah. got to go sign someone. Yeah. So that is one advantage it has. Yeah. And why, I, like, I don't know why you'd give yourself a disadvantage to the rest of the teams in Europe. Yeah. It almost seems to be a case of we'll trial it and maybe other, every other league in Europe will follow suit. Um, yeah. Obviously that wasn't going to happen. I mean, to be fair, it does make sense to go, let's do it before the first game of the season. Yeah. Like, if you were to set all the leagues like that, it's it would kind of work, I think. But, yeah. Because that's not going to be the case. Then, obviously, there's teams like Liverpool that didn't really make any signings during the summer. So, there wasn't, yeah. you know, it's it swings around, but it depends what the club needs to do. But I certainly think for maybe weaker sides that are mid-table bottom half of the table um, having that extra two weeks is arguably more of a benefit for them maybe something that can help having that extra negotiating time can maybe somewhat help them counter the sheer financial power of the traditional yeah. top six yeah you certainly the top eight certainly respectable and I think you're probably right it would help those teams out yeah because they could they can't just go well here's 60 million pounds they can't do yeah. that they have to work things out a lot easier maybe sell players to generate income yeah and obviously with you know those so-called small clubs you know Leicester obviously performing brilliantly this season third in the league currently um, but when they sold Harry Maguire to United was it 80 million pounds something like that for Harry Maguire mm-hmm. the ability to hold out for a premium as well on their best players for example I imagine that Adama Traore is probably going to get some big yeah yeah, players. definitely in the summer but Wolves. certainly for a side like Wolves if a top side comes calling they have the ability to hold out for a premium price and then having that extra two weeks having that two weeks back maybe gives them more time to invest that money in a player of 
that around the same quality or who can develop into a player of the same quality because it's all well and good selling a top player for a premium but if you've got no time to spend the money come january when you can it could be a case of a rescue yeah rescue mission rather than building on the great success that you've had yeah with with that player in your team no i do do agree i see what you're saying um and I think it's going to be much better when they go back to the old system. Yeah, yeah. maybe bring a bit of excitement as well. Transfer deadline Yeah, they've been really boring lately. Last few ones have felt a bit flat, particularly when it came so early and before the start yeah. of the season as well. Um, it always like sneaks up on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll have to see next season, won't we? Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and especially with the Euros this summer. Yeah. could so see that, that players, well. some players' prices... Going up, particularly sort of tend to see the whichever team wins it, the players of that nationality who are in that squad, rumours fly around and you see yeah. some pretty hefty transfers. Mm-hmm. So, will be thoroughly interesting to see what happens with that. Speaking of transfers, going into speaking ahead to next season, Chelsea have already agreed to sign Hakim Ziyech from, yeah, from Ajax. Ajax, yeah, region of sort of. Between thirty-five to fifty million, somewhere between. Yeah, that mark. So, so I think it's a good price. To be fair, yeah, it's not outlandish like most transfers are. I think mm. for a player of his quality, obviously got to the Champions League semi-final last year. Yeah, we don't know how they're gonna do. Star performer in that Ajax side yeah. as well. Yeah, he's Top a very player. good player. Um, I think it's a, a good transfer for Chelsea. Yeah, he definitely fits into their team very well. I think the way he plays. Yeah, and I know they've had a reasonably good season, Chelsea. But I think. Yeah. That he could bring a lot of quality and a lot of kind of star power to that yeah. midfield. Um, where do you think he fits in though? Because if you, if you, you know, your Chelsea side of Lampard's playing sort of a four-three-three, you think you've got Kante almost dead sir in that midfield three. Yeah. Jorginho or Kovacic. Yeah, usually uh, Jorginho. Yeah, Mason Mount or Ross Barkley, and then as a front three, you've got. Abraham, okay, Ziyech is probably not going to play through the middle. No, he's not going to play up front. But on, on the wings. Willian, Willian Hudson-Odoi. Um, so there's some, I mean, there's some young players there that it's going to yeah. certainly compete for places. And I think, obviously, Lampard knows those players. Mm-hmm. He's worked with some of them at Derby or played, seen some of them play in the Championship. Yeah. While he was at, he was probably aware of them while he was still playing at Chelsea. Obviously, they would have been a lot younger, but he's yeah. probably aware of them. But certainly, he spent a lot of time around that kind of squad, especially the homegrown players. Yeah. Um, do you think this is going to help them push on to become better? Obviously, if they are the top-level pros we're expecting them to be, you'd expect them to rise to the challenge, and the arrival of a better player will in turn make them better. Yeah, definitely. It can definitely um, push players who now realise yeah. that, well, I don't have a certain place in this team. Yeah. I have to really raise my game to the next level. And I think, personally for me, I expect him to play sort of where Mason Mount and Ross Barkley are playing. Yeah. Almost as like a number 10 kind of yeah. position. Which I think uh, they've done okay together. Yeah. But neither one of them have really set the world alight, I don't think. Mm. I know, obviously, Mount coming up from Derby with Lampard. Yeah. Mm. Some Chelsea fans have been critical of his has, performances. Has broken into the England squad a couple of times this season. He has, but I think that's more because he's playing for Chelsea rather than his actual performances. Yeah. Personally. Um, yeah. I think he's an okay player, but I don't think he is that kind of star yeah. player. That, not yet, anyway. Not yet, no. Where I think someone like Ziyech is quality coming yeah, and play right now. I can almost be like a mentor to someone like Mount. Yeah. So you think? Do you think that um, 
ZH's arrival could push Mount to becoming a star player, sort of um, that level. That level, we expect, you know, he's not, not obviously. There's no roof that we know to his potential, but certainly we expect to see him at least maybe get to maybe Madison's level at least, maybe just below. Yeah. So if you believe a lot of the hype around him, um, and then. Th- I think. Would you think that transfer might see Barkley push to the fringes? I think so. I think it could be the end of Barkley at Chelsea. Because still, we've still got Loftus Cheek as well to come back from injury. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I know Loftus Cheek. He can kind of, he could play one of the other midfield roles as well. Yeah, even though he is better as sort of a attacking midfielder. But I think Barkley is. He's not really lived up to the expectations that we've had of him over yeah. the years. I know he started really well at Everton and kind of went off the ball slightly there and moved to Chelsea. And yeah. He's had spells, though. He's done well. He's certainly still a great ball carrier. Yeah, it's just how he fits into that team and whether yeah. he's got enough qualities in enough areas to really be a starting player in a top four team. Because once he gets the ball into his feet, he's, he's strong, he can shield the ball well, and he, you, we all know he can dribble, but... Sometimes you think that maybe his decision making isn't quite there. He can, yeah, he, he kind of runs into an alleyway because of a poor decision he's made, and but also like I say, shows some flashes of the player we've expected him to be. Could get yeah. a couple of games, and then he's out of the team again. Yeah. I think maybe he's a player that, if he had a regular run in the team, he would. Um, possibly, I mean, see I think, a high level of performance. I think an issue with him has always been injuries as well, and. You know, obviously I want to see him do well, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe goes out on loan somewhere. Either him or Mount maybe go out on loan for another year. Yeah. Or they'll definitely be playing second fiddle to Ziyech. If he does play in that number 10 role, which I'd expect him to. Yeah. And think back to Ziyech, do you think he will flourish in the Premier League? Or do you think he might need, it might be a case of Fabinho at Liverpool where he's come from a, a league that maybe isn't at the quality... Uh, the Premier League certainly not got the, maybe the physicality of the Premier League. Yeah. I think a player um, might struggle. He's going to find he's going to have less space, less time, faster game going on around him. Do I mean, there'll, that there'll well? definitely be an adjustment period. So there is for all yeah. players, and um, I think one of the good things about having this transfer done so early is that it kind of gives him enough time to go. Okay, well maybe I need to you know go to the gym a bit more. Maybe work on that side of my game a little bit. He can almost yeah. prepare himself to play in a different kind of league. Yeah, you know, I'm sure if they could have, they would have wanted to have done this in January. Yeah, you know, because happening so soon after that window. Yeah, it's almost as if it was going on beforehand, but they couldn't yeah. agree it in time. But I think, yeah, he, I think he should do well. He's definitely a quality player. Yeah, I think what we saw him play in the Champions League. Yeah, his performances he, against the English sides yeah. were good, wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. He definitely didn't look out of place against them. Yeah, but perhaps maybe the, again referring to the lower table teams your Burnley's Burnley's, and you know Palaces and Brighton's maybe will he find that physical side more of a struggle yeah possibly I think think the thing with the Premier League about being so physical is that it's not just a one-off game either it's every week yeah like you can do very well against his teams in a one-off game but Mm. if every week you're getting like bullied and pushed around yeah it builds up yeah but definitely I think he's got enough quality on the ball to maybe move past that I mean we've seen plenty of players that aren't physically that strong do yeah. well but obviously we have seen players you know obviously like a couple come across from the Dutch league as well that have struggled in the Premier League Depay has you know struggled did, has been doing very well over in France obviously mm-hmm. did brilliantly in um, in 
Holland yeah. national team he performs well but Premier League didn't quite cut it when he was at United so. yeah he, he was younger then as well I think maybe yeah. that move came a bit bit too early and I think if you look at his game now he's definitely yeah. physically a, a much better player yeah but equally you look at someone like I know it's only one game but Bergwijn and Spurs yeah he's come in and didn't look phased at all when yeah. in the Premier League yeah, I mean, who else come from across from the Eredivisie? Luke de Jong came across to Newcastle. Yeah. Um, Sim de Jong also went to Newcastle, though very unfortunate with injuries. Yeah, and in fact, I don't think those players struggled with the physicality. I think they struggled with just not being that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Not, not to sound too harsh, but um, they didn't really live up to the expectations. Yeah, yeah. Staying on the topic of Chelsea, currently fourth place in the table. Uh, they are currently eight points off Leicester in third. Only two points ahead of Sheffield United in fifth. Fourth position, final Champions League spot. Looks like there's a tight competition for that position particularly. I think the, to- the top three is it's, almost it's, set. Yeah, fairly. I, I'd be very surprised to see a lot of movement Yeah, there. I mean, obviously Liverpool, 22 points ahead. They've won it. They've won it, yeah. It's only a case of now of will they do it? Uh, unbeaten, yeah. Yeah, unbeaten. No, I'd agree with that. Um, I mean, Man City, Leicester, almost certainly going to get top four. Yeah. But in that fourth place spot, realistically, you've got anywhere between Chelsea in fourth and arguably Wolves in ninth, who are only six points behind. Yeah. Um, all battling for so that's Chelsea, Sheffield United, Tottenham, Everton United and Wolves. Yeah. Um, I mean, Arsenal just below them. Arsenal, but, but they're, yeah, just they're below them. They're, they're 10 points, points off Chelsea yeah, and I'd be surprised if they made that up. Yeah. So, I mean, battle for fourth and obviously for fifth, Europa League. Can't, yeah. Can't sleep on that competition. No, definitely. I think for a lot of the teams in there, um, Sheffield United, Everton, Wolves, they'd be very happy with fifth. Yeah. It you know again new Europa the the That's Euro- right. <laughs> Europa League is still a good standard of football and again a a trophy that a lot of clubs aren't you know wouldn't sniff at having yeah, it in their cabinet. That's certainly not. It's, it's a very good competition. Yeah. You know, even obviously when the Champions League teams drop out and go into it as well, you know, it's definitely a it's a good competition. Mm. I know for teams like. Chelsea and Arsenal, they probably don't want to be in it, but yeah, and, plenty and, of teams would. And an alternative route into the Champions League well, as well. Exactly right. Well, that's what Chelsea did last year, wasn't it? Um, so I know they won it. Did they? Was it last? Don't think it was last year, might. Is it not? No, it was under Sarri. It was. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they got top four as well. I, I don't remember to be honest. Um, but yeah, definitely for them, it was a good route back into it. Yeah. So, but having said that, who do, who do we think is going to get that fourth space? Obviously, Chelsea in there now. Sheffield yeah. United in fifth, Tottenham resurging a little bit under Mourinho, although still shaky, mm-hmm. and Everton looking considerably better under Ancelotti. Yeah, definitely. They've kind of snuck back into form, really. I think they went under the radar in the last sort of couple of weeks. Yeah, and I mean, some good wins. of the fourth to ninth, you'd say Everton... Are the form team unbeaten in the last five, one, three, and drawn two? Um, I think it's going to be tight for fourth. It's, it's going to be tight. I mean, looking at the form table now, um, yeah, I think that you know, like I said Everton are the inform team, but obviously Spurs won two games on the bounce as well. Yeah, doing one against Man City. Um, I could definitely see them 
making a good run at it, especially yeah. with Mourinho and Chad. You know, he's definitely brought back a winning mentality to that team. Yeah, obviously they're not quite the same team they were with no. Harry Kane. No, definitely, definitely missing not. him. Yeah, definitely will. Um, Ericsson's gone now as well. Yeah, I don't think he's doing much for them no, this year. He's... He, he's already gone. But if you wanted a player who you could rely on to potentially bring that sort of special winning goal, yeah, yeah, um, um, Ericsson would be there. He's got that quality. I know yeah. he's been playing it into Milan. He's done okay so far. He's looked more like his old self. Yeah, and Tottenham certainly had the advantage of having a game in hand over Sheffield United and Everton. Oh, okay. Did they have so, a game in hand, did they? Yeah, the oh, yeah. Tottenham played 25 and Sheffield United are on 26. Yeah. So a win for Tottenham would take them up to 40 points, which would put them into fifth. Yeah, well, I think United and Wolves also have a game in hand. Yeah. So that so, could definitely help them a lot. Over Everton as well, so it could potentially see that if Wolves, United and Tottenham all won, you'd see Sheffield United go to sixth and Everton drop down to ninth. Mm. Um, but that's how tight the race is for, yeah, for the spot at the moment. It's the tightest part of the Premier League, I think, maybe. Yeah. It's still in the relegation battle, which is a, a whole other thing. Yeah, if you can traditionally it's been considered thirty eight points as safety from relegation and only the top five have achieved that so far. Tottenham are, you know, you'd expect them to be safe. But, yeah. Um I think I think you expect most of those teams to be safe in the end. Yeah. I mean the form of West Ham Watford, Norwich, who also have Liverpool on Saturday. It's, you know, Norwich pretty, um, looks pretty bleak for Norwich. The only team yeah. not to hit 20 points in the league so far. 18 points. Only won one in their last five games. Yeah, they they look like they're going to continue to struggle, yeah. unfortunately. Which is a shame, really, because Norwich did have some injury problems. During, yeah. Big injury problems during the season. Um and they, they were certainly an entertaining team in the, in in the championship. championship. Yeah, they play nice football, I think. Yeah. I think they've just maybe been a case of them almost playing too nice of football. Yeah. They, <laughs> they've kind of stuck to their principles a little bit too much and yeah. maybe could have been a little bit more didn't pragmatic. Quite, yeah, didn't quite adapt to the Premier League. Yeah. So if you're going to play as open and attacking as expansive as they do when you come up against the you know, Liverpools, your cities, your... Chelsea's. Yeah. I think when you, they played Liverpool first game of the season, didn't they? Yeah, it was 4-2. 4-2, yeah. I think that, that says it all about them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, certainly, they seem to have the firepower, though Pookie seems to have really... Yeah, he started very well. Started, started quickly. I think maybe flat to deceive a little bit. We got yeah. a hot streak, but played um, above his level, I think. We've got some promising young players. Uh, Max Aarons. Yeah, Todd Cantwell. Ben maybe. Godfrey as well. Yeah. Look, you know, looks like looks could decent. be a good player. So, I think... Well, Norwich are going to go down. I, I don't, don't think they'll stay down. No, definitely they'll do well in the championship, and it might be our new, uh, a new yo-yo club just sort yeah. of bouncing around. They need. Yeah. They've done it before. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them in a couple of years again. Yeah. I mean, they might not get relegated. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> you never know with the Premier League <laughs> well, this season. Yeah, I've only played like twenty-five games or so, but yeah, still thirteen games to go, which gives them a maximum of thirty-nine points if they yeah. were to win every. Game, which is obviously, of course, yeah. unfortunately not going to happen. Got Liverpool next. Yeah, got so Liverpool next. If they could win that. That would. Uh... <laughs> yes, that would be. I think you'd see every saying. Liverpool fan in hiding if that yeah. was to happen, um, because that's not a game that Liverpool should lose. That you, no, they should you, win that. Especially after those 
France early the midweek the midwinter break. Yeah, so they should be fresh. Coming fresh to that. Liverpool team, and you know, Liverpool team of always seems mentally is quite strong. Yeah, that um, now they are. Yeah, and having that bit of time to refresh as well mentally is mm-hmm. going to be beneficial for them, surely. Yeah, you'd expect so. So going back to top four, who's your pick then? So Liverpool obviously are going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think between second and third, I think it'll stay how it is. City and Leicester, both teams playing well, but both slipping up occasionally mm-hmm. when you don't expect them to. Yeah, they do. Um, but I think City have just better. They have the better quality squad. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think anyone disagrees. I'd expect that. less slip ups from City. Yeah. Um, so I think City will hold on to second and Leicester hold on to third, but I think it'll be tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and fourth, I think I'm going to go for Tottenham. Tottenham, you know, still needed realistically to get a striker during yeah. the. Um, during the window to replace Harry Kane um, yeah, but they, they have are, they are missing a little bit of firepower yeah, up front they have got players who can do a job there yeah um, game in hand I think Tottenham's squad's a bit stronger than Chelsea's maybe not necessarily in potential but just the ability to see out a game especially under Mourinho you, you know yeah he's, which, he's got a lot, of, a lot more experience any, than any club he goes to he brings his Magic bus, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think having this winter break, I imagine there's some training going on. Just working that defensive yeah, work, system, that system more. in will be massively beneficial to Tottenham. Where Chelsea's game, which is slightly more attack-minded, might leave them a little open. Yeah, they definitely. More goals. Yeah, they'll concede more goals, and they have more of an opportunity to slip up. I think, especially Tottenham. with Spurs having. Larice back from injury as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, He'll be a lot more stable. Different calibre of goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a World Cup winning goalkeeper. Back, yeah, exactly. So. I know he's probably like the goalkeeper people put the least respect on. I think. Yeah. He has kind of a reputation for maybe making mistakes, but he does. Like he does have errors in him. Yeah, but, but like you said, he's a World Cup winning keeper. Yeah. What keeper doesn't have errors in them? Yeah, exactly. Um, Even Allison makes. Allison's done it. Edison's done it. De Gea's done it. Certainly this season. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll be fine with him and stick. Yeah, I'll do do well. And obviously, Gatsaniga was an erratic keeper. Yeah, he, he is a goalkeeper of a mistake. <laughs> yes, so I think having him back will probably help them. Ju- yeah, just clinch that fourth spot. Okay, I think Chelsea are going to slip up a couple of times. So who are you putting in fifth then? Fifth, I think that'll be Chelsea. Okay, I don't see, don't see United getting into it. No. Every time United are able to string a a few couple of good games, you think, okay, now the the motor's running. Yeah, then, they're going to kick on. Yeah, and then the wheels fall off, and then they take a silly one nil loss or something like that away um, at somewhere like Burnley. Yeah. Um, I often use Burnley as my reference point because they're a thorn in the side of a lot yeah, of Premier League they're teams. They're the team that. There's there's not an easy game against Burnley. No, it's never never an easy game at Burnley. Um, but if they slip up, or if they slip up, yeah, maybe two more losses. I think they're definitely out of it. So I'd, I'd expect to see maybe Chelsea in that fifth spot. Okay. Um, after that, it's really anyone's guess. I mean, barring something catastrophic for yeah. Chelsea, yeah. I think 
I think they should get fourth or fifth. Yeah, a long a long term injury to Abraham or possibly Tamori because I think he's been one of Chelsea's best defenders this season, if not their best defender. Yeah, I mean Rudy has been very good as well. Yeah, Rudy has been good, but I'm a big fan of Tamori. Yeah, Nelson is a good player, but I think yeah, and some long layoffs for key players could see Chelsea slip out of that fifth and perhaps maybe Everton sneak in. Mm-hmm. I, I just think Sheffield United again. If it's not Chelsea, I think that Everton's Premier League experience and with with Ancelotti might just help them pip Sheffield United to. But Sheffield United still have a great season either way. So yeah, yeah. I think whatever happens um, between now and the end of the season, Sheffield United have probably been the best team or the best yeah. performing team. Yeah. Through the players at their disposal, I think they've done really well. Yeah, I mean, there's talk of Wilder. Potentially been getting manager of the season, yeah. Over Klopp, I think what Wilder's done with that squad is it's fantastic. Amazing, yeah. Do you um, think he pips Klopp to manager of the season? I think if Liverpool go unbeaten, Klopp should win it because that is a something that doesn't happen very often at all. Yeah. But I think if Liverpool do go on to lose a couple of games, then yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it to Sheffield United. Yeah. I think I mean it's hard to overlook though. Clock, you know, twenty two points clear at the time, yeah. not ruling, not ruling out that that could be more, but come the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it is it's too early to say. I think yeah. until the end of the season, you can't really say. Mm. You know, Sheffield United, they might lose the next ten games. Yeah, they probably won't, but they could. Yeah, <laughs> and if we do that, then maybe it's not such a good season suddenly. Mm. It's certainly going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it will be. Right, so final part of the show, getting on to this weekend's fixtures, the second half of game week 26, starting off with tonight's game, it's currently Friday 14th, um, Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Leicester City. Yeah, um, I think it should be a good game, yep. it's two good teams that like to play entertaining attacking football, so I expect there'll probably be plenty of goals, and um, I personally I think Wolves might just edge it over Leicester. So they're playing at yeah. home as well, so they have that kind of advantage. So I, it'll be a tight game, definitely. Yeah, because we've seen when Wolves maybe always play well. There's been games they've lost when they've actually looked the better side and it could be yeah. argued they were unfortunate to lose the game. And Leicester have had some iffy a couple performances wobbles, yeah. recently. But they lost to Burnley as well. Yeah. I think they were saying Wolves when they played against United and Liverpool. Yeah. They played very well. So, I mean, regardless of who they play, Wolves always put in a performance. Yeah. It's just whether they can get those goals yeah. to win the game. So, what's your score prediction? Um, I reckon 2 1 to Wolves for me. I think two, two, at one. home it will just edge them over, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go for a 1 1. Um, I think that while Wolves are in better form and obviously got some quality performers at the moment, Jimenez and Trial Ray, particularly, yeah. I just think. That the quality of Madison and Vardy might just yeah. draw them level, where perhaps their def- defense midfield maybe just lacking a little bit. A little bit, yeah, I definitely. I think we can both agree it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, and it will be basically whoever performs on the night. Yeah, it's going to be a battle, and again, obviously, Storm Dennis coming in. Yeah, Dennis the Menace. Den- uh, <laughs> might um, definitely impact on it. Certainly impact the game. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you look at. Wolves looking for the longer balls over the top. Yeah, they a slightly more direct team, so it would probably affect them might more, struggle, more yeah. than it would Leicester. So I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves. Yeah. Um, 
following that on Saturday, 12.30 kickoff, Southampton Burnley. Um, it's a big game for the relegation battle, isn't it? Yeah. Getting some paper out. Yeah, going to write down our predictions because we weren't okay. prepared. We'll probably forget them by the time we finish them. Um, but no, Southampton Burnley, um, big relegation game. I know Southampton have pulled away slightly from the relegation battle the last couple of games. Um, and obviously they are at home as well, so they've got home advantage as well. Yep. Um, Burnley, a decent team away from home. They'll probably try and shut up shop, keep it tight at the back. Yep. I could see Burnley maybe sneaking a 1-0. Maybe yeah. dragging Southampton back into the relegation battle a little bit. Yeah. What about you? Southampton playing my, some really good football again. They played Liverpool. Arguably looked like the better side. Mm-hmm. Um, Scoreline suggests otherwise, but they've played playing some good football now under Hassan Hootall since that 9-0 yeah. hammering. They just yeah, look completely they, different like, side. A different team, yeah. yeah. Burnley, as we said, Previously, complete thorn in the side of most Premier League teams. Um, again, I think this might be a team that. Again, I'm I'm pinning that down for a draw. Yeah. I just think that they'll ca- the two teams will cancel each other out quite well. I just think it's going to be one of those where Burnley sit in and just kind of frustrate Southampton. Yeah, it'll be one of those that will kind of remind Southampton that you're not quite out of the relegation yeah. battle yet. Yeah. Uh, so score prediction. Yeah, one, one nil Burnley for me. One nil Burnley? Yeah. I'm going to go for a nil nil draw. Okay. I think those two cancel each other out. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in that game, yeah. personally. Yeah. Following on from that, it is Norwich at home to Lee Leaders Liverpool. Yeah. 4 nil Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. No. Um, <laughs> Norwich, as we said earlier, bomb. Stuck to the bottom of the league, bottom, bottom yeah, the league 18 drift. points. Um, I can't see any way. No, not not against this Liverpool team. No. Against maybe one a couple of years ago where they maybe could bottle it. You can maybe see Norwich sneaking a win. Yeah. I, just not against this team. And I mean, Liverpool have a history of just hammering yeah. Norwich. Well, Luis Suarez does. <laughs> yeah, Suarez. There was the 5 4 in yeah. Klopp's first season. Incredible game for those who haven't seen the highlights of that game. I suggest you go and watch them. Just type in Suarez goals against Norwich. And Suarez he goals had against Norwich. He just a habit of scoring incredible yeah. goals against them. Um, I can see this being 3-0 to Liverpool quite easily. Yeah, I reckon it would be a comfortable 2-3, maybe 4 to Liverpool, yeah. honestly. I mean, I'm going to go for 3-0. I yeah. think Liverpool, they're not going to burn themselves out chasing a massive scoreline. Yeah. Go in professionally, get the job done come away with if they need if it's an easy game come away with something left in the tank yeah no I'd say like 2-0 Liverpool yeah you going for 2-0 yeah I reckon right, I've gone for 3-0 mm. uh, then we have Sunday's game Aston Villa at home to Tottenham mm. it's an interesting game I think you know Aston Villa they've maybe they've, they've done okay this year maybe not as yeah. well as some people hoped for you can say the same for Tottenham, actually. Um, and Villa Park's always a tough place to go. Yeah. For me, personally, though, I, I do think Spurs, coming off that one against Man City, will get a result against Villa. I don't think it will be super comfortable, but I, I could see it being a bit of a 2-1 type one. Maybe they're 2-0 up for a while, and Villa get one back at the end, make it 
bit tense for the last sort of five, ten minutes. Yeah. But I reckon Spurs will do the job there. Yeah. I mean, I have to agree. I think Spurs under Mourinho will be too tight defensively. Yeah. And while they've got players who can unlock a defence like Grealish. Yeah, I think the Spurs quality at the back, though, is yeah. going through. I'm, I'm going to go pin this for a 1-0 to Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Until the final game on Sunday is Arsenal-Newcastle. Again, a fixture that has a lot of goals. Yeah, historically, there's been some really good games between them. Um, Arsenal struggling a bit now under Arteta. Yeah, I think, well, they've drawn the last four games. Yeah. So, but then again, Newcastle aren't a team that are particularly renowned for their attacking ability. No, all their away form. All their away form, but defensively can be. Yeah, they they definitely. Solid against. They can frustrate teams. Yeah. Um. No, I think Arsenal will get back to winning ways here. I, yeah, I, I'm going. I'm going to go for a two-one to Arsenal. Yeah, I reckon. So I still think that mm. even, as much oh, as Newcastle were misfiring, they still are. They still are going, getting goals. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I'd go two-nil Arsenal. You go two-nil. Yeah, I think. I think that'll be not comfortable, but I think maybe if they get an early goal, yeah, it might sort of not be as bad as it could be. Yeah. For Monday, seventeenth February, it's a big game. Chelsea at home to Manchester United, eight o'clock kickoff. Yeah. Again, I think Man United beat Chelsea four 0 at the start of the season. Yeah. So might be out for revenge. Chelsea. Yes, and Lampard's team certainly look better now than they did at the beginning oh, of the season. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was just a blip at the start. Yeah. I mean, the new coach, new set of players. No yeah. tra- Going transfer to Old Trafford as well. Away at Old Trafford, daunting place to go. Yeah. No matter how poor that United team is. However, United brought in Fernandez. Rashford's still out injured, I believe. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. So I, I, I think this could be a tight game. Mm. I know why you'd say that. But personally, I, th- I think Chelsea are really going to be out for revenge this, mm. this year. I think they're going to really want to win this, really show what they can do. Yeah. They lost to them in the League Cup as well, I think. Rashford saw that amazing free kick. Yeah. I reckon Chelsea are really going to be up for this one. Yeah. What are you calling? Mm-hmm. I reckon I reckon Chelsea free United now. You go, ooh, I'm, I'm big, gonna, I'm gonna go big, big and bold call. at that one. I might be completely wrong. I, was I probably gonna, will be. I was going to go for a, another 2-1. I'd agree to Chelsea. But yeah. Go I don't know. I, I just got one of those feelings, you know. I reckon Chelsea, like I said, is going to really be up for it. And I think these two teams that it'll be a big game for the race to top four. Yeah. I think Chelsea will just see it through. Yeah. Final game of game week twenty six then is the rearranged City West Ham fixture. Obviously yeah. cancelled during the storm. Because of the wind. Because of because of strong winds. I think that's more because of fans' yeah, safety fan rather. Travel, yeah, yeah. Because let's be honest, the most dangerous thing on a football pitch, probably the footballers themselves, because half of them are weapons. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Again, West Ham struggling in the relegation zone. Yeah, I thought they were going to do better under Moyes. They had a bit of a bounce initially, but yeah. they kind of dropped off. Again, it's almost that new manager bubble, yeah. and then a couple of games in, bubble burst, crash back down to reality. The yeah. team just doesn't seem to be gelling anymore. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I think it's hard to look past Man City for this Yeah, I, I think this could be a... I think City could... Put four past them. To yeah, quite I, I was thinking the same. Yeah, um, both going four 0 City. Yeah, I'd go four 0 City. Yeah, it's 
it's certainly a game that you'd expect. Man City don't really lose those kind of games now. No, but they don't. But at the same time, you wouldn't be 100% surprised if they did slip up and maybe yeah. come away with a draw. I mean, it's one where I think they're either going to win 4-0 or they'll lose 1-0 kind yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. I, I don't think Man City really do like 2-1. I think it depends on what West Ham team turns up, to be honest. Yeah, it's, definitely. Well, you see, sometimes West Ham look expansive and they look confident going forward and sometimes they just turn up and they don't look like they want to be there. Um, yeah. I think... Some of the players almost look like they're just there to, you know, they know they're getting paid and they don't really care about the result. Possibly. It's hard to say without really knowing them, but I think you might yeah. have a point. I think West Ham might, you know, there might be an overhaul there in the summer. Oh, certainly, yeah. I think, well, I think regardless of whether they get relegated, yeah. they have to do a lot of work. And I think some players are yeah. potentially going to be poached regardless of yeah, Felipe Anderson, Declan Rice. Yeah. Declan just but a player who has, pos- you know, has performed... Yeah, yeah, no, I think there's a lot of dead wood in that squad that needs to go. And yeah. I think if they do get relegated, players that are quality like Rice and Anderson, yeah. like you said, will almost certainly move on. Sebastian Haller still, you know, you can see flashes of quality, the player they thought they were getting. There's definitely a player in there, it's just whether he can do it consistently yeah, and get good delivery into him. He looks isolated. Definitely. Definitely looks isolated. But I think I think it's a good set of fixtures this week, though. Yeah. There could be some really entertaining games in there. Yeah. Um, so next week we'll come back to those predictions. Yeah, we'll like I said, dis- almost certainly will be wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, we will discuss the games, um, see how we did. Yeah. If you want to find out how our predictions held up against reality, tune in next week. We'll consider those. We'll talk about all things football again. Again, probably no clue, probably no prior planning. But just going to sit here and talk. We are talk after about all football armchair managers really we have our opinions with no prior backstory to them yeah, that's all we are that's all we need to be So all we need to be it's life lessons and we're done <laughs>